Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. This is Anthony Alex from the Angry Mailman podcast, and you're listening to another fine show from the From Page to Screen Media Empire. Hey guys, this is Ace Marrero from the movie Madison County. Hi, this is David L.G. Hughes, writer-director of the film Hall Bowl Suites. I love the pace and the fastness, and I love the fact that you just roll with it. Hi, I'm Eric England, the director of Contracted. Hi, I'm J.J. Amanu, the writer-director of Aviation. Hi, I'm Brando Benetton, director of Nightfire. My name is Nathan Whitehead, and I wrote the music for Beyond Skyline. Hi, this is James Cullen Brussack, the writer, director, and producer. Hi, this is Ben Lloyd Holmes from the film The Expedition. This is Dominic Burns, the director of Allies. Hey, Stewart, paint the screen.com up in my bottom piece. You see, that was my motorcycle running and tracking over my fucking sneakers, genius, with Dom, Ian Peter, and Christian. I'm Neil Johnson, I directed Rogue Warrior and The Time War, and I crucified Adolf Hitler. The from page to screen. Good evening, that's how to make you run, isn't it? Just go, where are you? I hadn't realised, you hadn't realised we were podcasting. No, so, I didn't know anything about it, but no. it doesn't matter, because my life is pretty much an open blank book. Yeah. You're like, ooh, something to do. Yay. Yeah, yeah a bit a bit like mine, to be honest. So how the heck are you, other than uh, out of breath, because you've just had to sprint from watching TV to jumping online and chatting to me. I'm very well, thank you. How about you? I'm all right. I'm tired. I finished work at 7 o'clock this morning, slept till half 12 today, and then made the stupid mistake of uh, falling asleep at half past 6 tonight and waking up at 7. <laughs> half hour naps are not good. New. No. They're good while you're having them. But then once you wake up from them, you're like, I'm groggy, I'm tired, so, you know. And then, of course, when I go to sleep later on tonight, I'll be wide awake, so therefore I won't go to sleep. <laughs> so it's, it's going to be one of those evenings. But uh, but no, I'm doing all right. What have you been up to since we last spoke? Uh, w- watching some TV. Same. Yeah, doing a bit of, you know, Googling about um, building a Dalek, that kind of thing. Yeah, <laughs> Project Dalek. Yeah. Cool. So you've been watching more television than films, or is it just a mix? Um, it's a, a mix. Okay. Um, films are doing very well, but, you know, I have watched some TV as well. How many films are you on for the year? Ooh, so far, off the top of your head. Good question. Uh, you know, I've, I've done better questions, but that wasn't too bad. I think I'm on seven, so which is not amazing, but I'm not in any sort of racing... I'm not the racing snail from the never-ending stories. So. I think I'm on 23. That is, that is, yeah, that's not bad going. <laughs> so you'd mentioned the other time when we spoke recently, you said, oh, I could maybe do one a day. Is this still in the back of your head where you could go, do you know what, I might be able to do this? Um, I, I could do it. I'll tell you what the hardest part is. 
running out of actual films to watch that you think are any good. Yeah. Um, you know, my uh, my whole, um, well, I uh, I spent three and a half hours last night looking for a film, couldn't find one, so went to bed. Yeah, see, you would never do that. If you if you were genuinely going to go, right, I'm going to watch a film a day, you wouldn't. You would go, right, I need one, five minutes, that'll do. And you yeah. put, odds are you would have a big long list of shit films by the end of the year. <laughs> and where's the fun in that? You might as well just watch whatever the hell you want to watch. Oh, yeah. Uh, which kind of sounds like that's what you're doing at the moment. That's what I'm doing. Yeah. Um, uh, have you seen the news or read the news about a potential um, Quantum Leap TV series? I haven't. You are um, getting one. NBC have actually commissioned a pilot episode to be shot. Oh. Um, it's obviously set like 30 years after. They don't know if Scott Bakula is going to be in it. Although, why would he not be? I was going to say, you um, know. If if they're giving him the chance, surely he'll jump at it. Yeah. Well, I think he'd said a while ago, he'd, he'd sort of said, I'll do it if, and I can't remember what the if was, but he, he said something. Uh, yeah. So hopefully, if they've got any sense, they'll have put this if into the series. Mm-hmm. So apparently, they said, right, in the new iteration, it's been 30 years since Dr. Sambeck, it stepped into the quantum leap accelerator and vanished. Spoiler. Uh, now a new team has been assembled to restart the project in the hopes of understanding the mysteries behind the machine and the man who created it. So uh, it so sounds I, sequely, rebooty, but more sequel, yeah, I think. I was going to say, I'm, I'm glad it's not just a let's replace it with uh, with a new one. You know, it's uh, within the same timeline, which I like. So, uh, yeah, I'm all for that. Good, good. Uh, what about Disney Plus commissioning a, a Santa Claus series where Tim, Tim Allen is back again. <laughs> well, uh, Nicole will be happy about that one. So with this one, uh, it's like uh, he's, he's nearly 65. He realises he can't be Santa Claus forever. He realises that his Santa duties are actually impacting on the fact that his kids are growing up and he's not really seeing them. So he sets out to uh, potentially find a good replacement for him. So that'll be one of these, like a Mighty Ducks sort of series mm-hmm. on Disney+. Plus. But that'll be good. I haven't yeah. seen the third Santa Claus movie. I've seen the first two. I enjoyed those. They they were all very good. Hmm. So I'm guessing Nicole's a big the Santa Claus franchise. Yeah, fan. we we've got the box set and all that kind of stuff. So, uh, um, yeah, it's one that usually gets kind of trotted out every year for Christmas time. Yep. Uh, along with Krampus now. Oh yeah, Anna in the Apocalypse as that's well. Anna in the Apocalypse and Krampus <laughs> and Home Alone and, and whatnot. So yeah, <laughs> Christmas ho- list Home is Alone nicely. The original, though, not the no. the, the, the new weird Mess. one. Do you think you'll ever go back and rewatch that new one, or were you just going to mm. you know what? I'm kind of done. I'll stick yeah. to Hall- I, uh, stick to Home Alone one and two. You know, if they make another one, then obviously I'll watch it just to see. Um, but yeah, I don't think I'll revisit that uh, at any point. I don't blame you. So, so what have you been watching then? Sounds like you've been watching a lot. Or, or should we do, do? Have you been in video gaming? Have you been playing any video games? We'll get that out of the way first. Fortnite, I bet you've been playing, haven't you? Have we lost Stuart? I'm, nope, I'm still here. Nope, I'm still here, Rob. So I don't know if you've disappeared or not, but I am still computer. here. Computer. Hello, computer. I'm still here. Have you muted yourself? No, I haven't muted myself. I can now hear you. Right. It sounds like something weird is going on. Okay. I was still here. I, I, I loved your, uh, we're your back. I loved your Scotty impression. 
<laughs> computer. What you've got to do is talk into the mouse. You have to yeah, talk. I'd already picked that up. <laughs> so, yeah, so have you been playing any video games? I'm guessing some Fortnite, maybe? or, or Fortnite, or... yeah. Is that it? Uh, that, yeah, pretty much. Um, I, I've got things to unlock this season, so um, I spend my time making the most of my £10 subscription fee. Why not? This is the... This is... So this is your uh, V-Box thing? Uh, yeah, it's um, called the Crew Pack. So yeah. you get access um, to uh, to do the missions, which by completing missions, um, you can then choose uh, rewards for missions. So new skins, new uh, weapon colouring, um, and all that kind of goodness. Um, but also you get... Um, every month kind of a new skin that they give to you for being a member of the crew pack and, and various other kind of goodies. Do you not find, because I remember Bob used to play, I can't remember what games he used to play, but he used to have like three or four subscriptions on the go per month for like for <laughs> PC games and stuff. And um, I remember saying to because he just always played these games, do you find it because you spend £10 a month on the Fortnite Pass that that sort of stops you from playing other games because oh, yeah. you go, well, actually, I'll pay 10 quid for that one, so I need to play that one in my game. Exactly, I need to get the most out yeah, of it. Yeah, of course. Uh, yeah. yeah. Whereas with streaming platforms, we're the opposite, aren't we? We're like, yeah, I've got mm-hmm. five of them. Would you watch them all? No. <laughs> it's just very bizarre. <laughs> it's it's strange. But I, I would probably do the same with the, the video gaming. That's why I got rid of my Game Pass for, yeah. for the Xbox because it's like I, I can't justify, you know, paying for it and not using it but mm-hmm. you're obviously you pay for it and you use it oh yeah but, uh, i was curious to know whether that would stop you from playing other stuff but you know. like sometimes i do you know um like kind of I, I jump in and out of other things but the majority of my time will be on that but i did um i, I was thinking about it earlier and um i'm thinking i might um end the paid subscription yeah. um in, in in the following few months. Okay. For what reason? Just- um, more than anything, I was sat playing the game the other day and I thought, you know, at some point um, they'll have moved on. You know, Fortnite will be Fortnite 2 or Fortnite 3D or whatever it may be. And um, at some point they'll leave behind kind of this whole ecosystem and you'll lose access to everything you've paid for. And I thought, how annoying if you've paid, like you look back and you go, well, I paid £500 for yeah. my subscription and I have absolutely nothing to show for it now because they've shut the service down. Yeah, we like spending a thousand quid on Betamax movies and then just yeah. stop making Betamax players. <laughs> You're like, shit, I'm stuck <laughs> with all this stuff. Um, but I think I mean, obviously I don't know what you get well, you get extra stuff if you pay for it but uh, the game was alright for free well it's so. I think as well once you've kind of done the whole subscription thing like I have for 12 months you then have got a whole arsenal of things you can go in there and choose as anyway yeah. um, you know so you'll you'll have a huge collection of skins weapons um, gliders loading screens music and whatever else um it is you collect so um you know i don't think you'll feel too much like you're missing out at that point because like i say you've you've got 
um, kind of a load of stuff to choose from anyway. Uh, you know, my, my favorite stuff is all sci-fi related. So I've got now uh, the Boba Fett skin and <laughs> um, Glider, which is the Slave One ship and all that kind of stuff. Um, and I find I play the majority of my games with things like that anyway. So if you ended your subscription, you'd get to keep all those skins and stuff. It's not, yeah. You know, it's not that, oh, no, you've ended it, therefore we're having them back. You no, you get to them. keep them. That's got to be pretty cool flying around like Boba Fett, though. Yeah. <laughs> it really is. So, so. T- talking about Boba Fett, are you up to date on the book of Boba Fett? Oh, I am, and I'm really enjoying it, and I can't believe people aren't. I know, I've seen a lot of that. A lot of people are just not enjoying it. And it's I'm fine with people not liking something if it's drastically different from the thing that they normally like, but I don't see that much of a difference in it. I was going to say, it's I don't like, know what? what's wrong with these Star yeah. Wars fans, because, like, God forbid they were ever a Star Trek fan, and what happened to that oh, franchise? God, I mean, you could put on the Book of Boba Fett, uh, you know, three-second clip of it, and you'd instantly know it was Star Wars. The yeah. same cannot be said for a lot of Star Trek shows. You're yeah. like, what is this thing? Star Trek, is it? The look like Star Trek. I, I plan on um sometime soon going back and watching return of the jedi and then moving back and watching the first few episodes of uh book of boba fett um just because i think it will kind of merge so nicely together i think yeah i think whoever's you know the people behind boba fett have gone back to jedi and analyzed that like mad going right let's make the staircase exactly the same and yeah um obviously it how cool was it seeing a rancor? I know. <laughs> it's like, wow. Oh, that was cool. I was like, ah, and that's why a rancor never ate its master, probably because it bonded with it. Exactly. Where Star <laughs> Trek would be like, oh, it matter. Let's do whatever. No, change yeah. it. Change its face. Yeah. It's the Star Make Wars it blue, team. Give it a few extra legs and yeah, three be right. eyes. Just call it a rancor and everybody will catch up. But yeah, they've clearly gone back to Jedi and gone, right, what, what's wrong with that? Well, why doesn't it eat its master? It's a good question. Why doesn't it eat its master? Danny Trejo will make sure it doesn't eat its master. <laughs> but no, a lot of people aren't online. They're just like, you know, checking out of the program and go, nope, I'm done. I'm like, why? <laughs> what happened? I think a lot of it was they didn't like the kids on bikes. Uh, it doesn't really bother no. me. It's like, do they not remember Shah Shah Binks or the Max Rebo band? It's yeah. like, why? Why are they so mad? I don't know. It's very strange. But the internet is mad at everything, though. There was a hashtag going on the other day saying boycott Warner Brothers. So I clicked on it. I couldn't find out why they were boycotting Warner Brothers. Everybody was just bitching about just, yeah, I'm boycotting them. I couldn't find out why. <laughs> and I still don't know why. So it's it's very strange. The internet's just since I stopped troll engaging, it's very weird. There's just lots of the, the, Twitter just seems to be filled with like authors trying to sell their books, which is fine, and just um, I don't know. Just social media just seems a bit weirder this year than it was previous, which is a stretch because it's been <laughs> kind of weird for the past couple of years. So well, this is why I'm glad I don't really spend my uh, personal free time on it anymore. No, I mean, um, tw- Twitter I do, but I, I kind of, you know, you're doing the right thing, I think. I uh, I was happy the other day, though. I uh, I got my credit card and spent some hard-earned money on uh, on a new movie. Um, but digital, not physical, which you still still kind of pulls at me inside. Yeah. But, um, 
but I wanted to watch it there and then, so I did. What did what was it? Ghostbusters Afterlife. Oh, okay. And where did you rent that from, and how much did it cost? I well, I didn't rent it. I bought, oh, you it, bought it from okay. Amazon, um, and it was thirteen pounds ninety nine. Um, and the trick, if anybody else wants to do it, at least I think it's a trick, is how Amazon seems to do it. Is Amazon will have um, kind of the the HD kind of version yeah. for sale and then a completely separate listing for like the 4K Ultra HD version. Okay. And I've got no way of um, kind of watching um, the the 4K stuff kind of where I usually watch, which is in my bedroom. Yeah. Um, it's just... 1080p however i bought the 4k one it was exactly the same price as um the hd one so uh, at least at some point when i do upgrade i'll be able to enjoy it in 4k so you bought the 4k one but it would still play at 1080 yeah okay i was never sure on that because i know with obviously like 4k blu-rays you put that in a player it's like no but it's good to know that the digital will downgrade yeah well, what I did, um, I went on to the 4K one. And I, I was a bit iffy, the same as you just mentioned, and I thought, you know what? I clicked the trailer button and see what happens, and I clicked the trailer and it started playing. And I thought, that's good enough for me. Yeah. Bye. So what did you think? I'm guessing you've watched it, or have you not, have you not watched it yet? Have you done... Me and Addy have both watched it. Okay. So what? Well, I'm curious to know what you both thought, because I'm guessing Addy has seen the original Ghostbusters she has. And the second one? Has she seen yeah. all the has she seen all the Ghostbusters now? I'm not sure she's seen um the the, the, the girly the, one. Yeah, the, the gender reversal yeah. um Ghostbusters. But, um but yeah, she uh do do her first. She um really enjoyed it. Um you know, that there, there's certain scenes that I think we were both kind of waiting for, which is like the, the mini marshmallow men. Yeah. Um, you know, and even though they do bite fingers and everything, you're still going, Oh, how cute. I want one. <laughs> Don't, um, get Don't get one. <laughs> but I thought it was a cracking film. I really did. I, you know, I, I, I didn't really know any spoilers about it. Um, you know, I, thought i remembered that there was going to be a cameo appearance from someone but i didn't know who so um you know i was like you know uh, janine walks in i'm like oh it's janine and then she's like i'm janine and like see i know who i'm talking about um but yeah um i was was very happy with kind of uh the movie and this is obviously so. This is it gets confusing with some of these because the the gender reversal one was originally it was going to be a sequel and it was a reboot and then nobody really knows what it is because it's got some cameos in it and all sorts yeah. of stuff. <laughs> this Ghostbusters Afterlife is definitely a sequel to yes Ghostbusters one and two or just one. Um, it's a sequel to to both of them. Good. Have you not seen it? No, I haven't. No, I probably now that it's rentable. I may uh, that might be one that I'm going to watch over the weekend. I think. Yeah, it's one of those things. Um, my my money was kind of squarely on. I will pay to watch Spider Man, but seen as um, Spider Man, 
and and uh, kind of the the team behind it have, are, are fondly behind cinema first, then DVD and Blu-ray, and yeah. then at some point in the far future we'll we'll stick it on a streaming platform for people to to buy. I uh, I gave my money to uh, Afterlife instead, but yeah, I was uh, really impressed. Um, you know, it's it's a really nice kind of um, follow up to the first few. Yeah. Um, you you can see that kind of love and care has gone in into it, gone into it, and um, yeah, it 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 just works. The only thing that put, doesn't put me off it because I'm really looking forward to watching it, but I saw the trailers make it look very Stranger Things. You know, obviously you've got some Stranger <laughs> Things cast in there, and it's like the amount of films trying to go. Oh, look, we're like Stranger Things. It's kind of a bit annoying. Mm-hmm. Is it kind of like a Stranger Things? Only or, from or... the point of view of as we have one of the main actors as a um, a, a Stranger Things actor, but right. um, but otherwise you, you're good. Um, you know, one of the things I found was um, I was watching it going, you know, right. So um, so we got the kid there from Stranger Things. Fair enough. Then he's got a little sister. That little sister looks awfully familiar. And I'm looking and I'm looking. And I'm going, aha, young Sheldon. And then I, then I, I literally took a double take and I said, surely not. They haven't got kind of the young Sheldon actors to play uh, a, a, his little sister, have they? And then um, then it dawned on me, it was like kind of um, young Sheldon's girlfriend. Right. Um, yeah. Who, they're, they're very alike, the two of them, and, and she's obviously been typecast as um, the, the, the geeky um, kind of know-it-all um, who's into uh, kind of all the, um, the physics and... Uh, and all that kind of stuff. Um, cause she, she does very well kind of be playing that character on young Sheldon as she does, uh, in ghostbusters. But yeah, um, it's, it's definitely ghostbusters. Yeah. Um, you know, it's just got stranger thing actor in it as well. Do you think they'll do another ghostbusters afterlife too? Or does it set itself up as a sequel possibility or is it kind of standalone? Um, it, it it's nice and compact, as in everything kind of ends. There's no um, kind of um, cliffhanger for um, a potential um, fourth film. Yeah. However, I suppose it depends on how well this one does, because obviously, if it does well, somebody's going to throw money at it and say, yeah, "Do another one." Um, you know, and I think with Ghostbusters, um, you can always bring it back. Um, like, like I said, there's no cliffhanger, but there is an end to the movie that that could leave the doorway open for another one. There is a post-credit sequence as well, isn't there? Apparently, there is. Yeah. Um, I never make the mistake of just going right. Credits are rolling. No. Let's switch off. Um, I uh, I watch through and um, yeah, it's uh, it, well, it's it, the the post-credits um, actually as well um, is very interesting because 
it's um, we go back in time to to Ghostbusters one slash two. Okay. Um, and I'm presuming filmed footage that was never used. Yeah. Yeah. Unless Jason Reitman's invented time travel. Possible. Which you never know. No. <laughs> it could happen. So what's your take? So we know you like Ghostbusters 1, 2 and Afterlife. What's your take on the 2016 gender reversal one? Um, it's a tough one. I am known for not liking reboots. Yeah. The same when it comes to Star Trek. You know, I, <laughs> I get invested in the original characters and kind of hate to see them changed um also if i enjoy a show i hate to see a reboot rather than like kind of the continuance of a story yeah so it's it's the same with the um the announcement of the the new buffy the vampire slayer where um they said right we're we're gonna kind of remake it um it's it is a remake it's not going to be a sequel and we want um, Buffy to be played by um, uh, a black actor. Of course, you do. I um, could have. I could have predicted that's how the casting would go this day and age. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and to me, I have nothing against um, kind of black leading role. Great. No, no. Yeah. However, why couldn't it just be a continuance? Because when we left Buffy, we had um, kind of the awakening of many Slayers. So, um, you know, Buffy it wasn't the only one anymore that Slayers kind of awoke around the world. Yeah. So there, there would be no harm in going, right, so this is now the story of, you know, Slayer Jane or whatever, you know what I mean? Um, it, it, you know, to, to go back and remake it when it's such kind of an iconic, loved show, it would... You know, I can completely understand if it was something that flopped and nobody liked. Yeah, yeah, of course. Go, like, yeah, yeah, it's, it's like stop remaking good films. Remake, yeah. remake shit ones that nobody's ever seen. Yeah, is a better way to do it. So, like when when you've got kind of Buffy the Buffy the Vampire Slayer the movie, yes, which wasn't received well and didn't do well, and then we had Buffy the Vampire Slayer the TV show. I can understand. Okay, we're recasting, we're rewriting, we're we're changing things. Yeah. But but when that did so well that it's then spawned like kind of angel, um, uh, you know, and that kind of thing. There's no need to go back and and redo it. And in fact, I think you shoot yourself in the foot by redoing it because you lose the possibility for for interaction with kind of previous cast members, which you could have easily brought back. Yeah. Um. So I don't know. Um. You know, I I enjoyed the third Ghostbusters to answer your original question I just didn't think it was needed and I think especially it it comes at a time where everyone just seemed to be jumping on this bandwagon of okay we'll take this role and um, we'll redo it however we'll make um, the leading role um, kind of uh, a female role rather than a male role that was my issue Sort of, I guess it's now my issue with the, the Buffy thing as well. Mm. It was a case of, by all means, recast Ghostbusters, have them women. But at the time, they were using that as a marketing tool. Hey, yeah. look, they're women now. 
And uh, when Black Panther came out, they were like, look, Marvel's finally got a black superhero. You're like, uh, fuck off, Blade. Thank yeah. you. Blade was long before. And then it sounds like they're doing the same with Buffy. Go, we're going to remake it with a black actress. Just yeah. just don't stop making the gender or the race or the you know, creed or whatever it is as a selling point. Just remake the dumb thing. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the, the, the person who's, who's going to be playing Buffy I'm he or she, who knows? Who knows what it's going to be? But they're going to be a talented actor. Mm-hmm. Use that as a selling point, not exactly. the colour of their skin. It's or well, you know whether they've got a penis or not. For God's sake! It's, I know. read an article just the other day, and I think it was talking about um, the future of Superman because there's uh, rumours that the next Superman might be um, a black actor. Okay. Um, and this article pretty much said what we've just been talking about you know by all means have a black leading role yeah but make something unique because um the the whole thing behind this story was if you're taking an existing franchise or an existing story and just flipping it to to change the the main role from um white to black or male to female Actually, it's doing um, kind of the the actors and um, the the gender or race a disservice anyway. Because, agree, because yeah. they're not writing things specifically for that. They're just kind of shoehorning it into an existing format and story um, for the sake of it, rather yeah. than writing something specific specifically for them. Um, you know, I think you know Black Panther's a great one. You know, when you look at Black Panther, the the culture and everything be, behind it kind of is is great. It you know, I think it would be very different if they said they didn't say, okay, we're going to make Black Panther, we're just going to make uh, I don't know um, Spider Man or whatever, and uh, and just change him to being black because we want somebody black on screen. Yeah, it's. I always think every time. You know, we chatted about this last week with the whole Doctor Who James Bond casting. Where it's like, oh, who's going to be? Just shut up. Oh, shut up about who's going to be the next one. But it's kind of like Idris Elba's name always gets dragged up. Oh, Idris Elba should be James Bond. And I agree. If Idris Elba was James Bond, he would do a fantastic job because the guy's one hell of an actor. But whenever you see it, well, 90% of the articles are always like, we get get Idris Elba, we need a black James Bond. Mm -hmm. And it's like, um, you know, to be Idris Elba, go, hey, would you like to be Bond? It's like, brilliant. Now, are you offering it to me because I'm an amazing actor and I've done exactly. lots of great things, or are you offering it to me because of my skin colour? Mm-hmm. It's, it's kind of like, and it always makes me feel uncomfortable with stuff like that because, as you said, it does a disservice to the person who may end up casting because they're narrowing down the casting sort of tick list so much. It, 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 when... You know, when they look at these um, movies or, or whatever it may be, in my mind, it's just just be the best person for the role gets yeah. it. So whether it, you know, so if it's a um, a character that can be male or female, that's great. You know, white, black doesn't matter. Just the best person for the role, and if that best person is Idris Elba, great, because like you say, he'll do a great job. Yeah. But but give it to him based on the on the talent, not just because you're, you're ticking boxes. Yep, exactly. So 
You know, that that's us putting the casting world to rights. Yeah. I wish Neil Johnson was on this episode because I know he's got a few stories and stuff and you could chuck in some input. But, uh, Neil, I expect you to send me lots of DMs, uh, <laughs> hopefully agreeing with mine and Rob's point of view. So what else are you watching other than uh, Ghostbusters Afterlife, which has now been added to my list now that I know it's out? Right, well... Um, and Boba Fett, I, obviously. I, I'm completely not prepared so just well that's because uh, that's because like half an hour ago you were sitting on uh sitting on your couch watching tv going i'm having a nice quiet chilled out sunday and yeah, then you get a exactly. nice text message from me written in shakespearean going where the heck are you and i was still so, here on yeah. time you're still here on time you're doing better than bob <laughs> so still not heard from him right good my list has updated itself so um i watched uh, a film on sky cinema called last train to christmas Okay. So this is Michael Sheen plays the character Tony Towers, who is um, kind of seen as a local celebrity um, in in the movie. Um, he's this nightclub manager who's looking to um, expand and open several new clubs. Um, and, you know, this is set back in, I want to say, the 80s, something like that. Um, and he's on a train with his, uh, brother, uh, his brother's wife and, uh, I believe his girlfriend and, um, you know, it's Christmas time. He's, he's been the typical Tony towers, which is look at me. I've got all this money, you know, champagne for the, for everybody on this, uh, carriage with me. Um, and, uh, as he gets up to going, uh, order his champagne when he walks through into the next car on the train um he jumps forward um several years and he is now older tony towers and he can see how his life has changed based on decisions he hadn't yet made um this whole thing allows him to kind of jump back and forth through his life changing decisions to try and uh tweak his life to be the life he wants it to be um and it's uh it's definitely a, a unique idea for a christmas movie okay you're still into your christmas movies i mean you're never going to run out of them because there's lots of them mm-hmm. but are you so would you literally watch a Christmas movie at any time of the year or is there a certain cut-off point where you go, right, no, no Christmas movies, now it's Valentine's Day movies? Um, I would I would watch them any time of year. However, the chances of me picking them in summertime kind of are drastically reduced because, um, you know, I'll just be like, well, I'm not in the Christmas mood right now, you know, so I'll... I'll have a look at something else. Um, but, you know, that was the first movie I watched of uh, 2022. So it was before I was back at work. Uh, I think we're talking like kind of the, the 1st of January there. So to me, that's still the Christmas season. Nice. My first movie of the year was The Railway Children. So uh-huh. It's like uh, I always like to put in an extra bit of thought to the first film that I watch of the year. I don't know why. It's never just some random thing that I watch. It's like, no, I need to. It's <laughs> like when you buy a CD player or or a, a Blu-ray player or, or whatever, you go, right, which film shall I christen it with? That, that sort of thing. And I'm guessing if you end up with a Blu-ray player, it will be uh, It Chapter 1, won't it, probably? Possibly, <laughs> yeah. Watch. Um, you know, traditionally it's been Star Trek for things, but because I've had a Blu-ray player before, I don't feel the need um, to go on the Star Trek route. No. Um, 
And after the uh, the Walking Dead box set sort of story you told me where they showed up on Blu-ray, <laughs> you've still not got a Blu-ray player yet? No, not no. at all. You'll get one at some point. Yeah, yeah. I will. So, yeah. Uh, second one on my list, though, mm-hmm. um, I moved on to The Pirates of Somalia, which um, kind of going back to our last ep- episode, I talked about uh, Barkad Ab- uh, Abdi, who yep. um, was in um, Captain Phillips and... Uh, it, you know he's someone that I've uh, really began to appreciate recently. So um, I saw he was in this movie uh, and decided uh, to to give it a try. And um, it's uh, set in 2008, and a, um, a kind of a, a, a wannabe journalist decides um, that the best way to, to break into the business is to go to somewhere war-torn, um, and make a name for himself by, by writing an amazing kind of story. And he decides to go to Somalia. Um, so he goes to Somalia, he makes some contacts there and gets shown around. And, um, the person shown him around Somalia is, uh, Barkad, uh, Abdi's, uh, character who, um, he plays a, a lovely character in this, so completely different to uh, kind of the previous movies I've seen him in, including Captain Phillips. Yeah. Um, the 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 interesting one with the Pirates of Somalia is that it references the the Captain Phillips story within the movie because it's set at the same time. So whilst this uh, kind of journalist is in Somalia, um, he he. He is about um, kind of um, this attack on um, Captain Phillips' ship and the the hostage taking and everything. So it's all referred to, which is quite um, unreal. Seen as um, Barkad is in in both movies and in in quite a big role. And how does he? I mean, he's great in Captain Phillips, but I think mm-hmm. that's the only thing I've ever seen him in. How is he doing with his his acting chops? Because I don't think he was like a professional actor before Captain Phillips, was he? He's great. You know, there there is nothing in that movie that makes me go, "This guy is not an actor" or anything like that. You know what I mean? He's got a very big role in it. Like I say, he 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 kind of personally escorting this journalist uh, around Somalia, kind of booking um, kind of meetings with um, pirates and. Uh, kind of various people involved in crime and everything and he does a fantastic job it just makes me want to see more of him and i'm sure you will as well because it's like you're doing quite well you've watched like is it two films of his this year uh yeah two so far not bad considering it's only 16th of january (laughs) so abo gave me a question very very early this morning because i said oh i'm podcasting tonight and uh he wants to know are there any actors that you that you really like and are there any actors that you really dislike? Um, the really like one's easy, um, and I think I've covered um, kind of um, my really like list um, on different kind of episodes. So um, one of my big um, kind of male actors is um, Nicolas Cage. Yes. Um, so if I see in the kind of a Nicolas Cage movie, um, I'm, you know, whatever it may be, whatever rating the TV has given it, I will stick it on and watch it because, um, you know, ever since kind of my love for, for Nicolas Cage kind of started in uh, when I watched Con Air for the first time, um, it's, 
it's always uh, kind of remained. Um, and I'm not <laughs> saying all of his movies are great because I have seen some that that have been uh, not so good. But you know, I will always kind of return to uh, to watching uh, Nicolas Cage. Um, uh, another one, kind of before Nicolas Cage, one of my earliest um, favorite actors as well was Mel Gibson. Yeah, same. Uh, I, I still like Mel Gibson. Yeah, like, me yeah, too. It, it, I know he's fallen from grace for a lot of people. Yeah, um, but you know, this is um, you know. Uh, all the Mel Gibson stuff, um, you know, I used to watch, you know, and I used to buy as well. So, you know, I own Braveheart, uh, The Patriot came out, um, you know, um, what was so the like uh, Ran- Ransom you watched? Yeah, Ransom, recently, didn't you? Fantastic film. Um, then you've got, oh, what's the, the, the subtitled one? Um, apocalypse which i've never seen yeah. because it sounds it, apocalypto i've not seen it it's because people tell me that it's really violent in places and i'm like you know I... what for a serious film i'm not a fan of gore so it's yeah. like i've always avoided that somebody says somebody gets their face bitten off by a jaguar and i'm like i don't really want to watch that it sounds minging i'll skip it, it but it's I've never an seen amazing it. film in my my Is opinion it? really good well worth watching uh, and again i uh, the first time i watched that i think it was a dvd purchase because Mel Gibson's in it, so I'm buying it. I don't care if it's subtitled, and I hate subtitled movies at the time. Yeah. Um, I was buying it, and I really enjoyed it. So, so yeah, um, the you know, there's there's those two um, kind of. If we come up to modern day, then someone like The Rock, you know, if I see The Rock on so- yeah. in something, then I will kind of always watch the movie. Um, so. So kind of those three as for female actors, then um, Sandra Bullock was definitely one of my first and still kind of one I really, really uh, enjoy watching, Um, you know, which is this is how I get into watching things like Bird Box before anybody else. It comes on. It's like Sandra Bullock. Yeah, I'm in. And then uh, obviously I start the the whole trend. so uh says so that one then obviously the the unforgivables her latest netflix one which again as soon as i saw that i watched it um otherwise um it's like because i was struggling when i was thinking it's like if you'd have asked me this 10 15 years ago you'd have got a list yeah, you know, Schwarzenegger, Stallone, and Steven Seagal, and all this sort of stuff. Now half of them are like, "Yeah, no, I'll skip it." Thanks. Certainly, Steven Seagal. But it was like <laughs> my list of actors. I think is Tom Cruise. Definitely, Tom Cruise comes out with the film. I'm like, I'll watch it. Yeah. Uh, one of my favorites is Ethan Hawke. Who his choices of films are amazing. Uh, Stephen Graham. If you want to go British side, Killian Murphy is another one who I will happily watch anything that he's in because he does. Very interesting projects. I, I struggled on the ones that I disliked. That was the yeah. harder answer. And I didn't really come up with anybody. Years ago, it would have been Jim Carrey. Because I mm-hmm. remember sitting watching Ace Venture, a pet detective in the cinema. I was the only one not even cracking a smile. I just, <laughs> And I still don't find that sort of humour funny. The wacky, oh, look how crazy I am, humour funny. Mm-hmm. But then I saw things like The Truman Show and, and stuff. And I'm like, I oh, quite like Jim Carrey now. So yeah. I'm, I'm okay with him. But I don't think there are any actors where I'm like, oh, God, they're in it. No, I'm out. I, no. Can't, I can't watch it. Uh, I, I think I, I'm uh, exactly the same. Um, it 
you know, there, there is no part of me that goes, you know, I'm not watching that just because it's got this person in it or um, because, you know, in, in my kind of understanding and in kind of my life you'll you'll just get proven wrong you know you'll go oh that person's terrible or that director's terrible and then they turn around and they create something amazing i took one that i did sort of think about putting on that i'm not a fan of list and it's not because every time i watch him in a film he's terrible but i just don't think he's as great as everybody makes out that he is is benedict cumberbatch um, I've seen him in a lot of films and he's fine and the films are fine but whenever they're like oh Benedict's going to be in this film everybody's like oh my god that's going to be amazing with him in it I'm like really I don't I don't see that with him yeah it's um, you see I um, unfortunately was um, spoiled by um, kind of an interaction with his agents uh, you know when I'm, I won't go into the story because um, I don't believe in kind of Please, please, dirty please do off air. But yes, yeah, carry on. Yeah, yeah, um, really that So one. <laughs> you know, I, I, you know, I'd had interactions with his uh, with his agents um, for for something, yeah. and um, kind of the the response I was given was was awful. And you know, looking back, when you look at these things, he probably had nothing to do with that. No, he wouldn't have yeah. known anything about it. It was just his agents. But because of what happened kind of the two are linked together so for so many i think that's why i've never seen sherlock yeah um so many people at the time are going oh he's amazing in sherlock i'm like no not interested no, not interested I, you know sure i've seen a lot of sherlock and it's good he's all right <laughs> he's fine he does a good job but people do as you've said like, oh my god he's amazing i'm like is he mm-hmm. no is he i don't get it but no, he'll have, Benedict will have not even been aware of that exactly. conversation with it. But I get what you mean. Yeah. Uh, whereas the dickhead who I forgot to mention, who I never mentioned, who put their hand over the face and wouldn't let him take a picture. Uh, yeah, I don't like them. But that was a definite yeah. interaction with that dickhead. So, you know. But, but like, um, you know, I did watch um, the uh, Imitation Game last year with, with Benedict yeah. and thought it was an amazing movie. Really, okay. really good. So, you know. Um, even though kind of a, I had a wobbly kind of moment, um, like I say, it doesn't stop me. Um, you know, if the if the movie sounds good, going and watching something and and coming on out and going, you know what, amazing movie. You um, you just don't want to pay any money towards Benedict's career that may then fall into the pocket of the person who was horrible. To you. <laughs> I get that. I'd be the same. Yeah. I'd be the same. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I I much prefer to focus on the kind of the positives. Yeah. Um, you know, another another female uh, kind of actor that I uh, kind of um, really kind of enjoyed watching her movies was um, Tia Leone. Yes. Yeah. Um, I thought she was fantastic as well. Um, and I know there's one more, but I just can't put my uh, my finger on it. I think for the good ones, obviously, we're going to chuck in Melissa McCarthy. Oh yeah, uh, and Rebel Wilson. Apparently, she's hosting the Baftas, Ooh. so I'd be very excited. Very good for that. But yeah, actress-wise, for the good ones, I'd put Melissa yeah. McCarthy. And uh, there's probably a lot. There's like a huge list of. I like them, but it's. Do you know, like when you're a kid, or look, when you're a lot younger, and like you know, your favorite actor will announce a new film, and you get stupidly excited by the fact that they're bringing a new mm-hmm. film out. There's not that many of those. Uh, no. And Annette still gets giddy when Tom Hanks announces a new one. 
Um, he is fantastic. He though. is great. Yep. So so that's hers. I think would be Tom and, Hanks. And I go as far as saying I love Colin Hanks as well. So um, you mm. know his son. Um, you know. Oh, that was the that was the other um, female actress, um, Catherine Heagle. Just okay. talking about Colin Hanks, then linking it via Roswell. Um, it worked a charm. Yeah, Catherine Heagle. Um, huge fan of hers ever since Roswell. That that's what kind of um, put her on my radar, and I just thought she was fantastic. Cool. There you go, Abel. That's so, yeah. your uh, that's your question answered. <laughs> so, what else have you watched? Um, I watched um, a Amazon movie called Hunt for the Wind Wilder People. Oh God, I love that film. Yeah. Oh, um, that was in my top films of the year, whatever year it came out. It was. I think it was either first or second in my list. That was back when I used to rank them. You know, it, I watch a movie like that and think, you know, that just shows kind of um, how people should be nice. You know what I mean? So if 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 you can go out and adopt a kid, you should go and adopt a kid because yep. um, you can make a movie about it. <laughs> such, a, such a sweet film, that. Sam Neill's great in it. Sam Neill's great in everything. And uh, I've, I'd forgotten the kid's name, but he was great too. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, generally, it's one of those films you watch, and I'm sure you just had like a big old smile on your face by the exactly. And you know what? I I got my hands up for that kid because I was that kid growing up, yeah. not as in you know in foster care and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, but I was a bigger kid, and that kid can do stuff I couldn't do. You know what I mean? <laughs> he was running down hilltops to get help and all that kind of stuff. I would have given up. I'd be like, right. Unfortunately, everybody's going to die because I'm yeah. sorry. I just like wave. Anybody? Anybody? Yeah. Can, can anybody see this? Is somebody needs help? Nope, nobody. Well, I tried. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, what a, what a fantastic movie. Um, yeah. Amazon to me, um, the movies on there again seem to be smashing it for me um, so far for everything I've seen. Um, so yeah, that was my third movie of the year. They are, aren't they? Amazon, it's like Netflix have just put the price up again in the US. Yeah. And oh, it's I'm like... Hoping it doesn't follow suit over here. It's like, what are you playing at, Netflix? You're losing half your content because it's all disappearing onto the you know, the, the parent streaming yeah. platforms like Disney and HBO and, and all these sort of stuff. It's And you choose to put your prices up? Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's not a wise move. I could see a lot of people going sod it, and I think I would if yeah. I if I had to narrow down my streaming platforms to. I think if I narrowed it down to two, it would probably be Amazon Prime, definitely, and maybe Disney Plus. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've got, I got rid of BritBox and I closed down my Apple TV one as well because I thought, well, the only thing I've watched on it is Ted Lasso, one season of the morning show. And the uh, the Tom Hanks film, uh, I've forgotten the name. I've forgotten the name of the film. The 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 dog one, that one. So that's all I've watched. So like, do I really need to be paying like you know seven or eight quid a month for that? No. And Netflix, I could happily just yeah get rid of if it wasn't for the fact I'm using Bob's. So you know. Yeah, I think yeah, on, on my list of films, yeah, like twenty three films. Four of them are from Netflix, from the looks of it. Yeah. So not many at all. Nope. TV shows, I watched a few. I've watched Afterlife, mm-hmm. the, the Ricky Gervais thing, which came out on Friday. And, but uh, I, w- I want to say you can that. go to Wolf 4 or 4 on demand and watch that as well, can't you? No. I think it. Nope. No. No, no, that's a Netflix exclusive as Afterlife. Is it? 
Yeah. Because I know they've got a lot of four content now, which you can. Because I've watched um, uh, a few series on there, and like Netflix will have season one, and I'll be like, ah, wait a minute, though. It does say it's a, a four. <laughs> Yep. thing so i've flicked over to uh four on demand and been able to go to like season two and and that kind of thing well i'd um so I'd, you'd mentioned young sheldon before and that was because mm. i'm seven episodes into that now uh i'm enjoying it but i i think that my least favorite character in the show is sheldon it's weird <laughs> i don't dislike him but i mean it's like i was never really he was never my favorite character in the big bang I like yeah. a lot of the surrounding characters, mm-hmm. and I think it's the same with Young Sheldon. I think you'd nailed it when you said that the perfect casting yeah. for, for the kid to play <laughs> Young Sheldon that kind of works. But you know, the Meemaw makes me laugh. I mm-hmm. think his little sister is just amazing. She's, She's perfectly cast. If you look at kind of, um, kind of his uh, his little sister in um, the main Big Bang Theory, and then kind of compare. Um, the little girl and the the older actress, how they kind of um, act, they they just uncanny, really. That because <laughs> she's what in the sort of season one, she's about seven or something like that. Something I think. like that, yeah. And uh, I think one line that just cracked me up was she was sat around the table chatting to everybody, and she was she was a little bit fed up or whatever. She went, "I don't want to do this. I've only ever kissed one boy." And the mom's like, "What?" <laughs> and, she, and then she turned around and went, "Don't worry about it. It was years ago." <laughs> it's just like, oh my god! But it's some of the lines of dialogue that the sister comes out with are just. Mm-hmm brilliant the bigger brother he's all right but he's, yeah. he's not as as uh as much of a favorite as as some of the others but i'm enjoying the show so far i've got over the annoyance of the sheldon because it's like yeah. you watch the pilot episode and you think if i knew that kid and he was you know dubbing <laughs> me in for breaking rules i'd just punch him no you don't do that you've kind of got to get over that part the one i've just watched i think is when he is uh, trying to get the brisk or the dad's trying to get the recipe for the brisket ah, from yes. the Mima one. So that was the one that I watched at half three this morning when I was on my lunch. Buy this coffee and this uh, yeah. um, this spice rub from some old shaman. Yep. Um, I think, as with most kind of good series, um, once you get onto season two, yep. um, it just kind of picks up a level as well. But there's uh, three seasons of that on Netflix, and yeah. I, and I know there's more seasons. So it's number four airing now, or is number four already finished airing? Uh, I'm not sure. I've only got to season three, um, and I, so I, I know. I think it's been green lit by the studio up until season seven so far. Wow! So he's not going to be young Sheldon that much longer. No. Is he? Teenage <laughs> Sheldon. Yep. Yeah. Well, I think like if you if you start looking at the timelines and everything like that, I think if it's greenlit till season seven, it's possibly even going to be still going when his dad's scheduled to die. Right. Um. Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, it's uh, you know it is one of those things that uh, Netflix does have a lot of Channel Four content at the moment, and yeah. um, with a lot of it, you can kind of get further uh, seasons on Channel 4 by kind of then switching back. I think, I can't remember which one, I think it was Derry Girls, which was one of those that had like one season on Netflix. I'm like, what? Mm-hmm. I'm sure there's two seasons, and then both seasons were on all four. Yeah. So if you bounce around, but that's another hard thing to do, isn't it? You're like trying to chase shows around these various yeah. streaming platforms, trying to find them. 
that can be a bit of a nightmare, which is where your three hours a night trying to find a movie to watch probably comes into it. Well, exactly. So, yeah. So, thank you for the recommendation on Young Sheldon. Mm-hmm. It's uh, it's doing well. So, What else is on your list, then? Uh, I watched uh, a movie on Sky Cinema called The Colony. Okay. Um, so, um, this is uh, basically um, about... Um, the earth pretty much um, gets polluted and people can't live here anymore so kind of the elite um, kind of jet off in, in ships um, to, to live a life of luxury um, on, on, a, on a new earth and at some point in the future um, they send some ships back to earth to see if they can return and unfortunately um things don't go to plan when the astronauts land on earth oh no thumbs up thumbs yeah, down it's a good movie um it's uh it's one of those ones that i could see it being a better tv show than a movie because you'd have a chance to kind of explore everything yeah. um but but a good film well, while we're talking about sort of uh, the world going to shit or whatever, I watched The Andromeda Strain from 1970, Ooh. which was okay. I enjoyed that film, written by Michael Crichton, who wrote stuff like Jurassic Park and Disclosure mm-hmm. and ER and stuff like that. Uh, this was part of the rewatching of the Arrow Blu-rays on the big projector in alphabetical order thing that we've got going. So the first film we watched was American Werewolf in London, then Andromeda Strain, and then Animal Factory, which was a, an Edward Furlong starring prison drama, which is very different from the Andromeda Strain. But uh, Andromeda Strain is about a virus that comes from space, yet another virus thing that came on. I'm like, do I really want to watch something about a virus wiping <laughs> out the planet? Jeez, I've watched enough of that on the news. Uh, and then the scientists go into this underground bunker thing to try and work out what the hell this thing is and how they can kill it. Very, very 1970s. But you said when we were chatting, you'd watch the remake of this at some point. Yeah, uh, I'm pretty sure I own it on DVD or Blu-ray as well. Mm. Um, well if you so, own it on Blu-ray, you can't watch it, can you? you well, exactly. <laughs> um, but yeah, um, I have, I've definitely seen season one of the remake. Um, I yeah, It's definitely... Where it ran longer than one season, so I am behind on it. But um, yeah, but it's good. I like these. I know you like the apocalyptic stuff. So do I. I think we're yeah. just we're just we just want the world to end. I think by the sound of it, from from our viewing, <laughs> <laughs> you know, we got a Walking Dead back in a, in a few weeks as well, haven't we? We have in February sometime. So I'll bring on some more apocalypse. <laughs> <laughs> it distracts us from the world apocalypse that is currently going on outside our doors. Well, exactly. Uh, well, actually, it's not an apocalypse. It's a work party, isn't it? So that's okay. A work yeah. gathering. <laughs> yes, that's okay. So, yeah. So what else have you watched? Uh, I watched, um, this is a Netflix one, um, and uh, it's from a while back, but um, I finally decided because i'm giving different genres a go to watch the dig okay i don't know if you've heard of this i one. have not no um i uh, the person who i saw comment on this i think it was richard james on twitter yeah. um and um back when it had just come out on netflix um he'd done a post to see how fantastic it was so um you know i was uh, flicking through netflix saw it and thought you know what 
I'm giving it a try, and it is a fantastic film. So, um, basically, just before the Second World War, um, we have um, uh, a lady who owns um, this kind of wonderful mansion with uh, lovely grounds here in the UK, and her and her son, as well as um, kind of her her staff, um, all live there. And there's these strange uh, mounds of dirt on her land, which come to find out she um, she likes archaeology herself and bought the house because of them. And she um, she pays um, uh, a gentleman to uh, to come and start kind of excavating um, these mounds because she has a hunch that something is down there um, that could be an amazing find and uh the the film literally um revolves around um that story um but it's a really really good story um and uh, i highly recommend it so when you mentioned the dig initially there was a pc computer uh, pc game out years ago called the dig which i remember <laughs> playing i'm like oh, i wonder if it's connected to that but i don't think it is no no okay Trying to think what else uh, what else I've watched. It's like I've really not watched that much. I've been watching more <laughs> television. So uh, ER, we're halfway through season ten. So I would say we're headed towards the finale of the actual show, but we've got about another hundred and thirty episodes to go, so we're not quite there yet. I watched a three episode TV show on the BBC called Four Lives, which is I really enjoyed it. It's about a it's a true life crime thing, but it's a drama. Mm-hmm. So it is uh, it's obviously one of these dramatizations, and it is about a that's most technically he's a serial killer that picks people up on dating apps and they they turn up dead. So oh, it's uh, you know one of those type of shows. ITV and BBC love to do them, don't they? We yeah. find a body. What happened? And that sort of thing. Four Lives was really really good. It's like the BBC tend to be doing this a lot more, where they'll show episode one on whatever night they're showing it, and then they'll show it weekly. Or you can just go on the iPlayer and watch the whole lot, which I find is a weird yeah, weird way. It's like, I know for a fact you or I wouldn't go, mm, yeah, I'll, all right, I'll just wait till next week to watch the next one. No, we'd yeah. have it all finished. There was another one that I watched, which is also on the BBC, called Rules of the Game, starring Maxine Peake, which episode one was on a Monday, and then... Or you could just go straight to iPlayer and watch all four. And then episode two is on, like, you know, tomorrow night. Why? Just watch it on the iPlayer. Yeah. Um, and that was that was all right. But it was just, it was, uh, she plays this this woman who run, who is like a manager in this company. And then she hires this HR person who comes in. And the HR person is all HRA. So there's buzzwords flying left, right, and center. And, oh, you can't put your hand on somebody's shoulder and all that sort of stuff all the office politics and then somebody turns up dead and the hr person seems to just decide i'm just going to turn detective and investigate this thing from 10 years ago you think well that would never happen if you're an hr person because you've got enough on your plate to do now Mm -hmm. but it episode one i was struggling because you and i know what it's like to work in a company where they use the buzzwords and they try to come across a lot more authoritarian than they maybe should and all that sort of stuff so that series well annoyed me the first episode was really annoying me but mm-hmm. i pushed on with it and by the end of it i thought it was very very good so that was four lives great uh tv also afterlife we 
battered it in a day. We're done. It's finished. I loved it. I think Ricky Gervais is really funny anyway, but with Afterlife, he perfectly balances. One minute, you'll be laughing your head off, mm-hmm. and then the next minute, you'll your eyes will be leaking for some reason, or allergies, or, or, <laughs> or, or in my case, Omicron, who knows? But he just perfectly balances this. And so he's done the third season. The show is finished. It's not coming back because he always planned to do three. It ends in a very sort of, and it ends in a nice way where you go, oh, I like that ending. But then I saw we we saw lots of people talking about the ending on TV on on Twitter and stuff, and they were like, oh, I reckon this happened. Where'd you get that from? <laughs> that was not the ending I saw. And all these people are just hypothesizing what they think the ending was. So Ricky's had to come out and he's like, no. This is what the ending was. But it's just in the same way we're talking about the Book of Boba Fett. Mm-hmm. We watch it. We go, yay, that was good. You go online like, this is the worst thing ever. You're like, really? How? How is that the worst thing ever? I don't understand. Yeah. We are so different from the majority of uh, of the so-called toxic fans. But it's still interesting to go online and just see what the hell they're bitching about. They just need to chill out and watch nice things, don't they? Well, exactly. <laughs> they really do. Get some young Sheldon in their life. Well, maybe not that, but some some nice, fluffy... Go and watch We Bought a Zoo or, <laughs> or a bit of Deep Space Nine, stuff like yeah. that. So, but yeah, I would highly recommend Afterlife if you've not seen that. The whole okay. run is 18 episodes for the three seasons. Uh, so it's three hours per... You know, in the same way you go, hey, new series of Cobra Kai. Right, I've finished mm. it now. Yeah, <laughs> afterlife is like that. You will just batter through it. I think you'll you'll genuinely love it, unless you okay. really hate Ricky Gervais, of course. No, I think my only problem with afterlife is when I've seen it before. Yeah. Um, kind of the the little blurb right up. I think, oh, this sounds like it's going to be sad and no. depressing. Some of it kind of. I mean, I'm I'm going to say some of it is, but it's it it's you know don't. Don't put a full stop after I've said that. But the whole premise of it is his wife has died and he's struggling to be without her. So, yes, you've got that side of things, which sounds really depressing. But So he handles it by basically doing what we would love to do is just saying whatever you want to people. <laughs> and that's very appealing. So that it, you will be laughing your head off one, one second and then you'll feel emotional the next minute and then you'll be back to laughing your head off and it's mm-hmm. got lots of different surrounding characters in it that you'll just warm to as well so it's um do you know how like when you watch made which is yes. a perfect example if you tell somebody what that's about they're gonna go i'm not gonna watch that that sounds depressing i do not want to watch but yet that is one of one it's an amazing show and it makes you think about how you treat people afterlife is kind of like that but it's a lot funnier than made <laughs> so I would definitely I'd give it a go. I really would. Okay. So there you go. Uh, so what else? What else you watched? Well, I know this is one you've seen. It's one I've I've been wanting to see for a long time. Yeah. Um, it's a Quiet Place Part Two. Oh, you finally watched it. I did. Uh, it finally came out on uh, what was it? Da, 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 Sky Cinema. Nice. So under my Now TV subscription, I got. Uh, yeah access to that um and yeah i you know really enjoyed it you know didn't really have a lot kind of well anything bad to say about it the only thing i will say is i preferred quiet place number one okay 
Um, just because I kind of I liked kind of seeing and exploring the world and seeing kind of what they built up yeah. with the father there as well. Um, and kind of moving on to a quiet place part two, um, kind of, I, I think it's almost a different film than the first one. You know, the, the world is the same, but they are kind of, because they're, one short in the family unit they're they're looking at the outside world for help yep whereas the first one was we are building this life to be just us yes yeah and we're looking after ourselves whereas the second one is you know we need help yeah um but but i still loved it i still think it was a great film and uh Hopefully, you know, we'll get another one at some we point. Are, we are. There's another oh, one. We? There's definitely another one coming. Great. Um, yeah, because when the second one was finishing, my first thought was, right, put the third one on now. <laughs> it's like, just give me more. And that's always a good sign, I think. Oh, so yeah. often we watch films and we're like, all right, I'll go put Kettle on. <laughs> but this one was like, damn it, I want more. I want more of this quiet place. <laughs> but I loved the scene when it cut to the girl who has no hearing. Yeah, and the film was silent, and, and I don't know if that's something they did in the first one or not. I can't remember, but when they did that in the second one, it's like that's very clever. Yeah, I did like that. But yeah, um, I yeah, uh, good film. You know, the there's so much like to to love about um, that whole kind of film, but the whole franchise. Um, I just like the little kind of um, details. I love the fact that, you know, when we see this in the first film, um, that um, they had gone to the lengths of thinking, well, you know what, if we're walking places, if we're walking on sand, then that's not going to make any noise. So they were constantly carrying sand around and kind of expanding their trails with sand on the floor. Just little things. Yeah. The, thing, the um, no, things that people, the majority of people nowadays wouldn't even think of. No. Carry sand around. You can't tell me what to do. It's <laughs> against my human rights. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, it's it's such kind of a well-thought-out yeah. show. And, uh, yeah, I, uh, I was very happy with it. Have you seen 28 Days Later and 28 Weeks Later? Yes. Right. Because they sort of, they remind me of Quiet Place, just that sort yeah. of kind of world mm. so but yeah, i'm glad you watched that and i'm glad it was as good as mm. you hoped it would be as well so good good well i watched the the second ex- this i think it's called the second exotic marigold hotel or the second best exotic yeah. marigold hotel uh the first one i really really liked the second one i wasn't i'm, I'm kind of torn it's like it the film's beautiful to look at the music's really good. It's nice seeing a film that's set elsewhere in another part of the world where we certainly can't go to at the minute because we don't travel because we never leave our houses. There, you know, you've got Judy Dench, Maggie Smith, Bill Nye, Dev Patel. So the cast are all great. It's uh, Richard Gere. He's in it for some reason. It's just like for me, the story was just like non-existent. I'd been watching <laughs> this. So it was one hour fifty long, and it sort of surrounds you know all these characters just show up at the hotel again. And then they've all got their little stories on going on the side. And then Dev Patel's thinking about opening up another hotel. So there's that little story. And then before you know it, it's like an hour and 40 minutes have gone. You think, what's actually happening in this film? But yeah, I still 
kept watching it. The highlight is Maggie Smith, who I think is just absolutely amazing. She was my favourite character in that. But the film is, I'm just, I'm hoping they don't do a third best exotic Marigold Hotel. But I can see why they did a second one, because the cast must have been like, yeah, we'll go travel and uh, spend however long it is in a lovely place. But have you seen either of those films? No. The first one's very good. It's just this nice, sweet British film where uh, Dev Patel opens up this hotel for old people mm-hmm. and they have a roll call in the morning to make sure that nobody's passed away in the night and they, <laughs> they carry that on into the second one. But uh, yeah, it's just a nice film. But story-wise, the second one was just sort of non-existent. But, but I would mm. recommend the first one. Okay. Uh, well, I watched um, a movie called An American Pickle on Sky Cinema. Okay. Um, this... <laughs> This stars Seth Rogen, um, and uh, it's the most unusual kind of premise for a story um, you'll probably hear on today's show. If not, the whole kind of year's worth of shows. <laughs> um, so uh, Seth Rogen is an immigrant worker in America working at a pickle factory, and um at one point in the film he falls into the the huge vat of pickle juice and this is just before they close um the factory down um because uh they're going out of business and he's left there for a hundred years until modern day um somebody buys the factory opens it up again and um Here's Seth Rogen, who's been perfectly preserved in pickle juice and is now 100 years in the future um, and able to meet his um, grandson. Okay. You're right. It does. That's definitely yeah. the oddest. You can tell it's it's probably Seth Rogen's written it or something because he's... Uh, yeah, I wonder what he was smoking. Well, we know. Uh, the, <laughs> the writer is Simon Rich. Okay. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's unusual and as, as movies go, it's okay, but, but to be honest, it's a bit far fetched and there's really not much to the story. Um, it's, it's one of those, if you've, if you're a Seth Rogen fan and you want to, to fill a Saturday afternoon or something like that, then by all means watch it. But there is a lot better out there on the streaming platforms yes i was seth rogan i think i would probably put him on one of the lists from that uh, not really if i've seen him in things that make me laugh out loud mm-hmm. but i'm not like oh seth rogan's made a new film i need to watch that tomorrow he's not on that list for me yeah he's just too wacky and i think a bit too much of the stoner humor mm-hmm. which i like sometimes but yeah you know in small doses unlike you know the way that Seth Rogen smokes it, of course. Yeah, for for me, if if I'm looking for something funny, then you know I, I love things like um, Kevin Hart. He's, he's yeah. another one that's uh, on my list. Abel, um, you know, a, a Kevin Hart movie is a is one that I'll always watch. Adam Sandler. Mm. It was uh, there's quite a few on Netflix that I've not seen actually. Adam Sandler. We oh that was what we watched. And I've forgotten what it was called. But it's his stand-up from probably two, three years ago. Okay. And but it's a different one. It's not him. But well, it is him getting on stage and doing stuff. But he gets on stage, and it's taken over various different shows over a tour. I'm guessing. 
But he just gets up and he'll tell some stories and he'll make some jokes and it'll be a typical stand-up. But then other times he'll just do these little songs that he's just made up mm-hmm. that are just so funny. And you could tell he's just made them up because they're 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 funny, but they're a bit shit. Yeah. <laughs> they're really good. But it was just, it was a different a sort of, of stand-up thing. A bit like thing. the wedding singer. How yeah, well, one of the songs that he does is that, um, Growing Old With You, Growing Old yeah. With You, that one, that's one of the ones he does on stage <laughs> at one point, but there's all these little ditties that he just makes up. But then I was looking at some of the other films that are on Netflix with Adam Sandler, and I think, I was saying to Annette, I'm like, have you seen this, have you seen this? She's never seen The Wedding Singer. Like, oh my God, you've never seen The Wedding Singer. Uh, and we'd watched 50, 50 First Dates when we were on mm-hmm. holiday, and that was part way through. I'd seen it before, and we're watching it, and Annette was laughing her head off. So I think she's a she's a, a devotee of Adam Sandler now. So I'm going to watch <laughs> some of his films that I've not seen because there's a few. The Ridiculous Six or whatever is terrible. Don't ever watch that. That is truly awful. But most of his other films are pretty good. I like the guy. Yeah, I think some of his newest stuff can be a bit kind of hit and miss because I think he's got one of those um, contracts with Netflix or whatever where he has to produce so many films for them. So I don't think... I I think when when you've got a contract with Netflix who just wants content, I don't think they're ever as good as kind of the old traditional way of making a film where, you know, you'd you'd submit the ideas and people would look over them, you know... uh, you know, and say yay or nay. Um, now it's just like you're a good actor. So if we give you X amount every every year, can you provide us with three films a year or whatever? Yeah. Um, so, but I, but yeah, I, I, yeah I, that was Adam Sandler would be one of the ones that that I would probably put on my list. I'd forgotten about him, but definitely Kevin Hart. Mm-hmm. I think, and you'd mentioned The Rock. I think Central Intelligence. Oh, was that yeah. I was laughing about? But then you go online and people are like, shit. Is it what have you what? <laughs> what are you watching? I don't. I really. I, I don't. I mean, I'm. You know, we both like films that are probably terrible. So we're not like how how dare people not like the same things we like? But but so often it's like, what are you watching? You, you read what they're saying about the films or the shows, and they're not even describing the thing that you and I have just watched. So like, no. what are you talking about? I don't understand. Was there bits missing from the one that I watched or I don't know. Just I'm gonna use that line again. People need to just chill out and just watch We Bought a Zoo and just crack <laughs> a freaking smile. Well So uh, you know. <laughs> so anything else that leaps off your list? Um I it, this is a TV show and it's a, a Netflix one. Yeah. Um it's World War Two in colour, Road to Victory. So I'm presuming that this is one of those where they've taken all the footage and somebody's painstakingly gone through it and coloured it. Yeah. Um, but each episode tells like kind of the story of a different battle in World War Two, and it, it goes from kind of the start of World War Two all the way um, through to the end. And there's so much in there that you know me loving my history um and thinking i knew a bit about world war ii i realized that my my knowledge is sadly lacking i know a lot of the things that went on in europe but this talks about kind of um, the battles that took place in um like south africa um and you know the um the stuff 
that took place, you know, towards Japan and that kind of stuff that yeah. I had really no idea about. So I found it fascinating. And, you know, even if the the footage isn't truly colour footage and it's just colourised, there is something special about watching this stuff back in colour. Yeah. Um, because you've never seen it before, so it's it's uh, weird, isn't it? Do you not find yeah. it really strange? Because mm-hmm. you're like, hang on a minute, it's supposed to be black and white. Because <laughs> yeah. we've become so conditioned to looking at black and white news footage. Does mm-hmm. on on, um, on Disney Plus? There's a, a Beatles documentary called Get Back, which is like nine hours long, and that's all just colorized footage. Peter Jackson's done it. And it's all just colorized footage of watching them sitting around writing songs, and that's just weird because you're like, they're in color. It's just the strangest thing out. And I, I think the war one that you're talking about would probably be the same as well. Mm. Have you learned a lot from it? Oh, loads, yeah. Um, like I say, especially the stuff that doesn't take place in Europe, which I was pretty oblivious to and didn't know anything about. Yeah. Because I think when you are learning these things in school and that kind of stuff, they do kind of stick to the European stuff. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, England versus Germany and Americans come in and, you know, yeah. and uh, that's it. That was pretty much... But, yeah, the more you look into it, it's like my dad was in World War Two and he was based out of India. Mm-hmm. And you think, well, what was going on in India? And then yeah. the Australians were, you know, yeah. they were doing stuff. And then there's the whole Pacific side of but things like, in Japan and Pearl Harbor and, you know, all that, Chris. There's the, a reason there's, they call it World War Two, isn't there? Well, yeah, and, like, the crazy stuff because, like... You know, I'm conditioned, and I don't know about you, that um, kind of all of Europe was pretty much united against um, kind of Germany. Yet there's um, when we kind of move over in this TV series to South Africa, um, you've got um, a French fleet over there. The French have already kind of been taken over um, by uh, by the Nazis at this point, and uh, I think it's Churchill says, you know, hand over your fleet to us and we'll look after it kind of thing. And France says no. So Churchill gives the order to open fire on the French fleet and like wow. kind of kind of destroy it. <laughs> um, and then the Americans join the war um, and their first real campaign again is South Africa, which I didn't know about because um, it was decided that that is a better training ground because they they hadn't been at war for years like Europe had. So um, America wanted to give them some experience before they sent them into what they thought was kind of a more hostile situation. So um, they go and they, they uh, decide that the best place to land is in um, kind of French occupied territory there because um, the French are our allies and as the Americans are coming in, um, I think it's Truman, the, um, the American prime minister at the time, is giving um, – they're broadcasting this um, speech in French that he's done um, to say kind of we're coming in to help. And the French just decide to open fire on the Americans and wow. um, starts trying to sink boats. So um, the Americans uh, fire back, you know, and it's, it's like things like that, I think. Never. I didn't know any of that either. It yeah, was always it, like England v Germany, France, yeah. France are in trouble, Italy are running away, uh, and Americans come in after Pearl Harbor got attacked. That's pretty much what you're taught at school, yeah. isn't it? 
So I found it uh, fascinating, really fascinating that there's so much more and so much to be learnt from it. And the, they do um, other um, World War Two in colour kind of um, series as well. This one's just the Road to Victory, which is like, like I said, from start to finish, um, kind of the the major battles and. Um, but but there are others, so I'm going to be checking those out. Have you uh, ever at some point? Have you ever seen the HBO? Uh, series Band of Brothers. No, really. Wow. Mm-hmm. So if I'm putting together a list of the best TV series ever, mm-hmm. Band of Brothers is number one. Right? Wow. Without a doubt, it's it's ten episodes. It's a limited series. It's produced by Tom Hanks and Steven Spielberg, so it's very much Saving Private Ryan ish. Mm-hmm. Uh, the cast is just insane. There's just like. Absolutely everybody's in Band of Brothers. So they did that as a 10-episode thing. And in a few years after, they came back and did a sort of follow-up, which was also produced by Spielberg and Tom Hanks, called The Pacific, mm-hmm. which is a 10-episode series about the war in the Pacific. Now, it's it's all true stories, so it's true mm-hmm. events, but it's a drama show. Yeah. Uh, so Band of Brothers, seek it out. It is the best limited series I've seen ever. Okay. Uh, I've probably said it about four or five times. Mm-hmm. Tis that good. Sounds good. It is very, very good. But uh, but now I need to brush up on history stuff. You, you won't go wrong on something like that one. That, you know, there is so much in that show, but it, it's broken down into nice episodes. So one of them is about um, kind of Dunkirk, for example. Yeah. So, um, you know... You, you see that, but then, like I say, then you'll jump to South Africa and Japan um, as you get, kind of go through, um, kind of just seeing what happened, and there's just so much information there. It's uh, unbelievable. And, you know, w- when possible, they, they're talking to, like, people who were alive then, or, yeah. you know, it's just fascinating. They do that on Band of Brothers. They'll open each episode by talking to somebody who was at the actual event and then they'll cut back into the story, and then and then you'll see that character in there somewhere. So it does add a, a sense of realism, doesn't it? I mean, we know it's real because mm. we're watching it, we know about it, but to sort of hear the person that was involved talking about it, it's kind of I'm not going to say cool. It just makes it more interesting and a yeah. bit more. You have more of a connection to yes, I'm aware that I'm watching something very real here. So I, what, what was the name of that show again? World War uh, World War Two in Color: Road to Victory. But, like, one of the episodes um, um, kind of revolves around um, the the German fleet of submarines. And I never knew that um, this particular German commander literally kind of guided his submarine into um, our naval base off scotland which was our big naval base during world war Two, where our um kind of um lead flagship was was docked at the time and literally just took the, took it out and then off he went again you know just 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 so much information that you just either aren't told yeah. or didn't know about well, they do. I mean, that we we see this a lot. Where I think there was a news story this week where Jacqueline Wilson's going to be rewriting a lot of Enid Blyton stories to make them more modern, remove a lot of the outdated things like that. So things do get 
Mm. Not necessarily sanitized, but it does get rewritten. Um, well, we can't teach this. We can't teach that. And and also, I suppose with World War Two, there was that much going on that imagine if you went to school and you were taught all that, your heads would blow up. Yeah. <laughs> There's a lot going on. So they kind of not necessarily dumb it down, but they just take the basics. Mm-hmm. You know, England v Germany and America come in and da-da, that sort of thing. Um, but yeah, I will. Uh, I may check that out. It sounds interesting. Mm-hmm. So I need to start watching more documentaries because my, my night job makes me stupid and I don't like that. And uh, so I need to try and re smart myself up, I think. <laughs> And me being thick will come across quite a lot in these podcasts because it's like the amount of times I've got a word mixed up. <sighs> I blame Omicron. Can I still blame Omicron like two weeks after I got over it? Yeah, long, 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 long COVID. Omicron. Long COVID. Uh, so an update on that, I'm doing all right now, but my, I was knackered last week. And I know I said I had to sleep tonight, but that's just because I've done four night shifts. But uh, I'm making sure that I walk. It's like, nope, get up, get out, walk. Annette's doing the same. She's doing a lot better now. We've still got the slightly tickly cough, but other than that, I think everything's gone. Mm-hmm. So we sort of kicked the crap out of it. But Good. Say, you know, we didn't go to any work events or stuff no. like that. So it's and it definitely does exist, though. It definitely does exist, yeah. You still get people going, that's just cold, isn't it? No, it's not cold. I had to take a week off work for Christmas. Do you know what's weird is... Right, here's, here's a weird one for you on a total different tangent. So I had a full week off work, which, mm-hmm. you know, for the mathematicians, that is 25% of my monthly wage. Mm-hmm. I only lost, because I, I dropped below a tax bracket, I only lost £140. Wow. Because of that. And I was expecting to lose about 400 140 pounds for taking a full week off. So I'm, I, you know, if I could get away with it, I'd take a week off every month. <laughs> it's like keep your 140 quid. I'm all right. I'll just I'll have a week off. But I was expecting to like lose, you know, a quarter of my income. Mm-hmm. But I didn't. I lost like 10 percent of it. It's just weird. So uh, you know, the tax thing's kind of strange mm. when you look at it. But I didn't get paid for it. It was classed as unpaid COVID. But to be fair, I wasn't. I'm not arsed because I was ill. And I wasn't able to work, so it is fine. Mm-hmm. So this week was easier than last week. Uh, next week, I'm not even going to think about it because I've got a whole bunch of days off. What have you got planned for your days you're back in work tomorrow or Tuesday? Tuesday. Tuesday. What have you got planned tomorrow then on your day um, off? I am hoping to try and get a list of the parts I need for Dalek, Dalek Build <laughs> 1.0. Um, which will literally be um, wheelchair motors slash tyres, a a radio control handset, then the the radio control receiver, um, a lithium-ion battery, because I don't want to go down the the standard um, car acid battery route. I want to kind of go lithium-ion. And then... There's some bit in the middle that I'm missing so far. That's what I want to try and piece together. Okay. Some it's it's some kind of like uh, control circuit or control board. Yeah. But um, that's the bit that I'm not sure about yet. Nice. So you've got dead technical stuff. Me, I'm just going to play some more Lego Jurassic Park. <laughs> I finished a single player campaign. I'm now running around in a free world, trying to find a multiplying coin, red bricks. 
and and just do that so that's yeah that's my thing and then tomorrow night Annette and I are watching a 1985 movie called The Annihilators which is about a bunch of mercenaries that have to kill a bunch of terrorists so this is the next one in the Arrow sort of thing Uh, and it's a film I've never seen so it could be horrendous Uh, but but who knows you'll have to let us know and I will and I'm going to try and check out Ghostbusters as well Mm. sorry Ghostbusters Afterlife it'll be interesting to to see your views once you've seen that because I'd like to compare notes on the ending okay interesting but yeah I shall mentally take note of the ending when I watch it Mm -hmm. and uh, and do that but I'm just going to a few days ahead of of nothing Uh, I'm going to try and do a few bits productive so mm-hmm. I can, you know, try and make this year better than last year and the year before and stuff with our, with our various projects. But other than that, I'm just going to chill out and have a rest, I think. Sounds good. So, well, I shall let you get back to your television. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you for showing Thanks for showing up no and, uh, with the last minute text. We are not here next Sunday, so it okay. will be a week on Thursday when we res- or a week on Wednesday or whenever, you know, yep. that sort of thing when we resume. No um, so get get those lists built up, and I expect a fully completed Dalek by the time we podcast next. Well, <laughs> you know, on on that, um, you know, uh, kind of vein of thought, I uh, because I plan on putting a camera in this thing so I can remotely see where it's going, which is which is useful yeah. when you're driving something around. Um, one of the uh, the remote control kind of uh, I, I've been looking at says that it can do um what was it i think it was 100 meters on land the distance uh so i I pulled a little map up of Flandidno at the time i thought i can pretty much go from uh west shore to north shore here yeah you probably could from, from sitting in my uh my house so part of me can just imagine me thinking oh i need some milk right send the dalek yeah get me some milk Money is here. Put a little basket on the front of it, it'd be fine. Yeah, exactly. That could work. Yeah, you'd have to watch for somebody nicking your Dalek, but yeah. obviously you'd get to see them doing it because it'd be what on camera. What are you but... doing? Yeah, I just, you need it to guard the front of your house. <laughs> that would work. You know, just uh, don't go the full sort of Sheldon thing and actually start building actual lasers and rockets and stuff, though. No. You may get into trouble with you the Welsh government. Super Soaker would be good. Staple gun at the, uh, you know, <laughs> at a push. But no, good luck on your Dalek, Rob. Thank you. And uh, and I will chat to you tomorrow, probably. Sounds good. Okay, no. Take care. You too. Bye-bye. Bye. Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Lucky. 
Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.